Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For those of you who caught my special episode that I dropped last Friday and gave me some feedback, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. That episode was the state of the podcast address of sorts, and I kind of just went through what the past year was like and what I've learned and the challenges I'm facing right now with the podcast. So I've gotten several emails from people and direct messages, and if I haven't replied to you yet, don't worry, I will, but I'm really grateful for the feedback that you gave me. And I have two requests of you before we head into this interview today. Um, The first is to make sure you listen to the podcast, and I know that might sound lame, but There is a new algorithm in the iTunes podcast app, and that is where most of my listeners come from. So if you don't see me pop up in your podcast feed very often, that's just because you need to to find me and click on the latest episode. And if you don't see me for a week or two, do it again, and I would be so grateful for that. Um, And then the second request I have for you is to share the podcast individually or publicly, If you can share the podcast with others who you think would benefit from it, word will spread and we'll be able to share this good message to other people as well. If you also weren't able to catch last Wednesday's episode with Lisa Funk, you definitely need to check that out. She had such incredible wisdom to share with us, especially on mental health and creativity. So I have linked to that episode as well as my state of the podcast address episode in the show notes for you. You can find the show notes on my website, aboutprogress.com, and you can also find more of me on Facebook and Instagram at About Progress. Let me tell you about our fabulous guest today is Tamron Bennett. She was so fun to talk to. Her voice is just cheerful. Her attitude is contagious. This woman talks about how she became a triathlete, a marathon runner, all from barely being able to even run a few miles at a time and starting into racing at 25 years old. So that was 10 years ago and Tamron has been through quite a lot since then, both within racing and outside of racing too. So Tamron shares a lot about the personal setbacks she has had and the trials her family has faced as well and what she has learned about how comparison can really rob our progress if we let it and what she's done to withstand that. So let's turn our time to Tamron. I want to welcome Tamron Bennett to the show. Hi, Tamron. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm so great, but I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. Can you start by giving our listeners a little introduction? I guess I feel like the most important thing about me is that I'm a mom of four, and then I consider myself a runner triathlete. So as a runner triathlete, we're going to talk about what you do to do all of that. And um, as we were chatting before uh, recording, you were mentioning something about how you were surprised that you wanted that we wanted to interview tonight because you consider yourself very ordinary. And 
I don't think that's true, but I love that you think that about yourself because I think that's going to make a lot of people um, feel more inspired by you and what you have been able to accomplish. So let's start then. What what was your background a little bit? Where were you like growing up? Well, I grew up in a pretty big family. I'm um, the middle of seven kids and most of it was we just played outside. I didn't necessarily mm. do any sort of um, extracurricular activities. My parents were self-employed, and so it was just we just ran around. Um, I was lucky to grow up right in front of an amazing canyon, and mm. we played in that canyon pretty much sunrise to sunset. It was just fun. So spent a lot of time just hiking and exploring up there. Um, and so I guess it's just, I've always been fairly active, but not necessarily in a particular sport. So when did you start getting into, uh, I imagine maybe running came first or was it swimming, biking? What came first for you? Well, it was actually a sprint triathlon. Um, when I was 25, I just had my second child, and a bunch of guys at my husband's work had all signed up for this sprint triathlon, and they were talking about it and how it um, their training was going, and it was a lot of fun, and it sounded intriguing to me. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't do anything but feed babies and, you know, do nap times all day long. I kind of want to do something, hmm. um, and so I decided to sign up for um, a sprint, and a sprint distance is a 750-meter open water swim, a 12-and-a-half-mile bike, and then a 5K run, which is 3.1 miles. And I didn't really do any of those. I didn't know how to swim. I mean, I knew how to stay afloat in water, yeah. but I didn't know how to do any strokes whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have a mountain bike, and I think I had ridden it twice, um, <laughs> like to the neighborhood park yeah. or something. Yeah. So, um, and I had a mountain bike, and then, no, I didn't run. I did play soccer um, in high school, uh-huh. so that was kind of the extent of my running background. So this is so. so fun to learn about you. <laughs> And you were 25 years old, and that's when you, like, tried yes. all those three. So why why all three at once, then? That's a pretty I overwhelming. <laughs> it just seemed interesting. Well, okay, so my husband is actually a runner. He did track in high school and college, and so he would run, and he'd try to get me to go with him, and I just thought it was torture. Yeah. I mean, we... I couldn't like even hang with him like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I think the idea of the triathlon appealed to me a little bit more because it, was, it wasn't just running. Yeah. So it was kind of being active, but not just running because I thought people that ran were crazy. So <laughs> That's great. Wait, so how did that first sprint go for you then? You know, it was awesome. It was kind of crazy. I um, ended up buying a, oh, one of those bike trailers that can also be a running, mm. a, a jogging stroller. Yeah. And so I, I would put my two babies in there. Um, by the time I 
signed up, I had a five-month-old and, I, let's see, I have to do the math, sorry. Was she 18 or 19 months old? They're really close. Oh, yeah. Like, so I would little, put my little. two babies in there and we would just go on, you know, short little bike rides and short little runs. And um, then I had a gym membership that had a playroom where you could take your kids Um and I would just go to the pool and watch other people and try to mm-hmm. mimic what they were doing yes. <laughs> to learn how to swim. <laughs> so oh that seemed to work for, I, like I said, I trained for three months. And I did that first sprint triathlon, and I was hooked. Um, mm. I just remember on the bike thinking, wow, this must be what it's like to be high. Um, (laughs) because it was just such a euphoric feeling. And then, um, the run was actually the part I was the most nervous about. Mm. I really was questioning if I'd be able to run 3.1 miles of 5k. Um, so a couple of weeks before the sprint triathlon, I actually signed up for a 5k just because I wanted to make sure I could actually run 3.1 miles. So it was just, it was an awesome feeling, just that feeling when you cross the finish line, that your hard work that you had done, you know, trying something new and actually making it happen. It was just, it was a really memorable moment for me. I love that. And so what, from there on, um, did you just start signing up for more and more races? Or, or do you even, even know what, how many races you've done since then? Um, so I pretty much stuck to sprint triathlon. Uh-huh. Um, that, that first sprint triathlon I did was actually in October. And so I um, waited until the Black Friday sale and you could get races at discounts. And um, I grew up in southern Utah in the St. George area. And St. George at that time had a series um, three different triathlons, one in May, one in June, and one in September. And it, I forget what the name of the series was called, but um, if you signed for the Black Friday sale, it was a really good price. And so I ended up doing that. And so that following year I did um, just those three sprint triathlons. And it just seemed like after that I would kind of pick – you know, which sprint am I going to do next? You know, so it was kind of fun. And um, it's kind of crazy because then I got my older brother into it. He did that, um, the sprint triathlon that was in June with me. And he was hooked. And mm. so then he got me talking and saying, hey, I think I'm going to do a half Ironman next year. You really should do it. And I, you know, still had my my mountain bike. And I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to do it. I don't even have a bike. And so he looked on KSL, that's the local classified. And um, he found a bike for me. He's like, hey, I got you a bike. Now let's do this. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Um. So we signed up for Ironman Boise um, that was the following June. So it gave us about a year um, yeah. to kind of prepare for it. Uh-huh. And um, 
so at that time I was actually pregnant and um, had my third child. Wow. And so I was like, okay, so let's do this, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to do this with a newborn baby and, um, Mm -hmm. and the part that made me the most nervous again was the running because, you know, I'd only run a 5k before and I was thinking, how in the world can I run a half marathon? So I decided to sign up for a half marathon to see if I could even run a half marathon. Um, and that was in November, um, before the Ironman and my little guy, let's see, he was born, he was just four months old at the time, I believe. Uh-huh. So he was four months old and I had no idea what I was doing. But anyway, I did my first half marathon. Um, and again, I did it in Southern Utah. It's kind of convenient to be able to go down there and my kids can play with grandma and grandpa. And so it's kind of easier to do races down there. Yeah. Um, so I did the Snow Canyon half. So that race will always have a very special place in my heart because yeah. it was just a beautiful course. It's still my very favorite half. I think I've done it four or five times since. But anyway, it was just kind of cool being able to, I remember when I was training the first time I ran 10 miles, I was just like, holy cow. I just ran 10 miles on my own two feet. So anyway, after being able to do that, then I was like, okay, here we go. And I don't know if I quite knew what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. Um, Because with three little kids, so I had a two-year-old, oh, no, scratch that, sorry, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and then my um, my newborn and it just was really hard to fit in the training. Um, and so I did end up doing, um, that first half Ironman, but then after that, you know, after talking with my husband, we were like, okay, I don't think we can really, you know, this isn't quite working. I would be getting up too early or staying up too late. And it just was, kind of hard to fit it all in mm. and so then I took a six-year hiatus from triathlon oh really okay so how many years ago was this then this was I did that um Ironman in Boise in 2010 okay and then just last year in 2016 is when I did my next triathlon that's amazing okay so a six-year hiatus because you know, this is one, this is an important lesson, right? There are times where you have to take a step back and, you know, for the betterment yeah. of your family and for your own health. And do you, do you still feel like that was the right choice for you? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I had a friend who I think put it the best. She was like, you know what, Cameron, the races are always going to be there. Your kids aren't. Mm. And, and it's so true. I mean, yeah. it honestly those years went by so quickly Mm. and I didn't take those years completely off from exercising um I didn't feel like I could fit triathlon in um but I felt like I could fit running in Mm. just by itself 
Um, I feel like running, you can get up early in the morning and you can be done. And I mean, even if you do, you know, a 20 mile run, it's a three hour workout, you're done. And that's not very often that you do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, so then I got this crazy idea that I was going to try my first marathon. (laughs) Yes. And, um, again, I went back to good old St. George and I entered the lottery and was just like, okay, well, if I get in, then I guess I'm going to do a marathon. But if I don't, okay, then I won't. Um, and was this during the six-year hiatus from tries? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this was after I had my fourth child. Um, so this was in 2000, January of 2012 is mm-hmm. when I decided I was going to. So it was about um, a year and a half after the Boise Ironman. Okay. So how did that go? Because, I mean, even, gosh, you know, marathon training is still a lot of work, you know, and marathons are really, really, really hard. So so how did that all go for you? (laughs) Well, it was a learning experience. I decided to do... um, I, I don't know, with anything I do... I want to feel prepared for it. It's not like I'm just going to sign up for a race and, you know, hope for the best. Um, So I'm a big planner. And so, like I said, I decided in January that I would set that goal. And the marathon's in October. Um, And so I started with just a simple 5K training program. Hmm. And I did a 5K. And I did a 10K training program. And then a half marathon. Um, So I I think my half was in May and then I jumped into the marathon training. So I gradually worked up to it. That's just so smart. That really is such a smart way to train. That's the best way to do it, you know, for your body in terms of reducing risk of injury and everything. But I also felt like just in terms of mental, it didn't seem overwhelming just because I gradually worked my way up to it. So by the time I was into those longer runs, it wasn't such a shock. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> so you went from not even being sure if you could do a three and a half mile race um, or a part of your sprint and then to doing a 26 mile marathon. So <laughs> that, I, I love that you did that just by small steps. And then and it seems like you began to de- identify yourself as a runner. For someone who would never ran before. Yes. It was probably that summer when I was training for a marathon that I, at some point I realized, you know what? I really love running. Like I would actually look forward at night to laying out my clothes the night before and Mm. setting my alarm early and the thought of waking up and going out on a run. So what do you love about it? I I love running as as well. So I, I get it, but... For those who are listening, are like, I only run when I'm being chased. <laughs> why? Why do you love it? What is it about it that that just gives you that motivation to keep doing it? You know, for me, a big part of it is that's the only time I really get to myself. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just a quiet time where I get to sort my thoughts. And, you know, any stresses that I might be having, you can kind of put into perspective, like, oh, that's really not that big of a deal. Or just kind of 
especially in the early morning, you know, when the sun rises, it's just so quiet and still Mm. that you just think more clearly. And so I would get, you know, ideas that I wouldn't necessarily think of before and um, kind of answers I'd been searching for. And it just kind of became me time. Mm. And so I could go home and I would feel refreshed and energized and ready to, you know, be mom. Just being mm. mom's not easy. Yeah. I mean, we all say we love it because we do. But let's be honest, it's hard. Yeah. It's extremely hard. You have, you know, kids who, well, I'll just go out there on a limb. I mean, my kids don't listen to me all the time. So I'm assuming <laughs> what? other kids don't listen. <laughs> but... um you know, you say things over and over and yeah. they don't listen and you just get frustrated. Um, and I just find that when I run or any form of exercise in the morning, I don't have as short of a fuse. Yeah. I just feel like, okay, I can handle this. It's just um, so interesting, though, that, you know, something as uh, energy demanding as working out is, especially if you are training for big races like you have been for the past, I don't know, nine years, nine, ten years, if I'm doing the math right at all. Um, it's yeah, just, it'll be ten years. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just so interesting that expending that energy is actually the way to get energy back, especially mentally, you know, and emotionally. I know. It's kind of one of, one of those ironic things, but... Yeah. I don't know. I kind of joke with a couple of my friends. We kind of call it our, our shot of coffee. We're not coffee mm. drinkers, but it's like, yeah. you know, we've, we've got to go get our cup of coffee, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. To get going for the day. You know, and mm-hmm. even someone who isn't into, you know, training for big things, I think just taking that time to themselves and even expending energy into some kind of project, I think will be It'll surprise them how it actually gives you more energy, right? Absolutely. I mean, I have a sister-in-law who is amazing at DIY projects, and her home is beautiful, and she loves to do that stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, that is her time. That's what she does, and she loves it. And that stuff, you know, would give me an ulcer. It just doesn't come naturally. I... I kind of, I feel like it's just more work than anything, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so I feel like it's just, it's great that there are so many different activities because we're all different, but just, you know, having some form of an outlet to just, I don't know, I just feel like, especially as a mom, you need some sort of me time. Absolutely. So from that first marathon how did it go from there was that like what got you hooked into running races or or was that one thing that came in and out as well okay this is actually where I feel pretty lucky and unique and I know a lot of people don't have the same experience but I ran that first marathon and my whole goal was I just didn't want to walk Mm. I just wanted to finish um, and so I finished, and I actually qualified for Boston. Wow. Um, and so, like I said, I know that's not everyone's experience, so I hate to, I actually hate to say that just because I know, it. I don't want it to come across like, oh, it's so easy, because 
I do feel like I really prepared for it. It wasn't yeah, like I just did. was like, hey, I'm going to go run. Mm-hmm. But I really was going to be a one and done, like marathon mm-hmm. checklist. Okay, done. Yeah. But then I qualified for Boston and I didn't even really know what the qualifying times were. Hmm. Um, and But then when everyone was telling me about it and I didn't know much about Boston either, I wasn't. I get that I didn't have a running background. I didn't grow up in a family of runners. I didn't really even know anybody that, you know, I, I didn't have much association with the Boston Marathon. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, what's the Boston Marathon type of thing, <laughs> which makes me sound so ignorant. But, you know, I'm um, just imagining well, some runners' jaws, like, dropping, you know. As you I know, that and that's why, I, oh, I kind of want to put my foot in my mouth when I say that, but I just, I didn't know. I didn't realize yeah. what it was, but as I learned more about it, then I was like, oh, holy cow, yeah, I really want to do this, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, being, you know, all of a sudden that one and done theory about the marathon now turned into well I've got to maintain the shape you know for Boston so it's kind of funny the way Boston works is you register in September for the April marathon Um, so where my marathon was in October the registration had already passed Mm. so my race actually qualified me for like a year and a half away Wow. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, this race was kind of a long way away. Maybe I should do one in between. And so I had a friend talk me into doing the Ogden Marathon. So, okay. So it just kind yeah, of went so from there. That was like your other training. Somehow run. I did another one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so how many marathons have you run now? Let's see. I have done six. It's time for our mid-episode break, and this is going to be a little different than normal. I just wanted to share with you something that I am offering to people. I get a lot of questions about how to start a podcast, and I love to share it, and it's been really something that I feel strongly about helping others in their own dreams that they have, even if it's in the same field as me. So many people have supported me that are fellow podcasters that I'm so grateful to. So what I have done is I am in the middle of creating a little ebook of sorts to help explain how to start a podcast because it took me months to figure out and there is so much information out there. But in the meantime, I have also been offering consultations to people. So I have done several clients so far and we take an hour and then text and message and email all after that as well with questions. And I just cover everything that you need to know as you get started whether it be the equipment that you need or the software or even brainstorming what your podcast is about and how you will be unique in the process. If you or someone you know is interested in starting a podcast, have them reach out to me and I would love to consult with them. My email is packerprogress at gmail.com and that's the best way for them to get in touch with me. 
I have really enjoyed doing this and it's something that I can see um, me doing for a very long time. For now, the rate is as low as it will ever be. It's $40 an hour um, for those conversations as well as some follow-up emails and texting and messaging that just goes with it. Um, so now's the time to jump on that if you are interested before my rates go up. Let's now turn back to Tamron. So for you, you've, you've run a lot of um, fulls. I'm sure you've run a lot of halves. And then you started back into doing triathlons again. So how did you know it was time? Well, so my youngest, um, he just started kindergarten now. So last year, he was in preschool three days a week. And it yeah. was like, you know what? I think I could probably make it work now mm-hmm. by, you know, doing, I could do one workout in the morning before the kids wake up and then I can do another workout when he's at preschool and I think I can make it work. And so, you know, talking it over with my husband, he was like, okay. So I jumped in back into the triathlon and, oh, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it. Really? (laughs) Oh, Something unique about it, huh? You know, I love running. I really do. But just, um, I can't pick a favorite really? out of the three. I was just going to really. ask you that. No, I can't. It's just, I really do love all three. I wouldn't say that I'm great at all three, but I love all three. So, so. which one did you did you have to work the hardest at to develop? Uh, you know I feel like running is still the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the hardest on your body, um, period, right? It definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is the hardest on your body. Swimming and biking are such low-impact sports, mm-hmm. and you can do those, you know, every day. And, it, I mean, the recovery from those is, you know, minimal, and it's just requires a lot less energy to do those because they are so low-impact. Um, and running is just a beast all on its own. It, you know, we love it, but it's also just, it can be tough. Yeah. And tough on you. And it can really, it can really break your heart sometimes too. (laughs) Yes. You know, I, I want to talk about that. That's what I was actually going to ask next. You know, tell us about these setbacks that you can face as you train, you know, for small to big races, there are always going to be setbacks as an athlete like you are. You're going to face them all the time. So tell us about some of the times that you have had some obstacles in your training and maybe some big letdowns and what those were like. Oh. Are you in one right now, right? I, yeah, I am. It's kind of, oh. So I guess there's a little backstory. When I was training for Boston yeah. in 2014, um, I had some things going on in my personal life that just kind of were um, really, really stressful. It was with one of my kids and mm. just, I don't know, as a mom, I mean, your kids, they're your heart walking around outside your chest, you know? And so when something is going on with them, it just kind of 
it takes, you know, it occupies your thoughts, your feelings, everything. Um, and so it was kind of a, a difficult time anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm being pretty vague. I, I guess okay. it's not, it's not a huge thing. It was just, um, my son was five at the time and, um, this, the few months leading up to, to Boston, we were actually going through the diagnosis of him having autism. Oh, yeah. And, oh, that's hugely um, stressful. And it's, hmm. I mean, it's not like a, a woe is me, you know, this is a hopeless thing. It's not, but hmm. it's just, it was something new to us. It was a really big learning thing, like, okay, well, what can we do to help him? Yes. You know, because as his parents, we just want him to have the best life he can. We want to make sure that he succeeds in life and that we can do all we can to help that, you know? And so, um, just kind of a lot of late nights, Mm -hmm. not really being able to sleep because a parent, you just lay there and think about your kids and worry about their future and what you can do for them. But I would still get up early and do my run. And, um, I think just, that whole time, um, I wasn't necessarily listening to my body because mm-hmm. um, I, I really just think I was too preoccupied with what was going on with my son. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up putting my body into adrenal fatigue. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. But it definitely, um, it just kind of zaps all your energy. You know, if your body's not producing hormones that you need, like testosterone, estrogen, adrenaline, yeah, <laughs> you know, things like those that. Those are pretty important. Yeah, those adrenal glands have just been overtaxed and they just stop working. Hmm. Um, and really the best thing for them is sleep. <laughs> yeah. You have to, hmm. you have to let those recover and, um, it just, I, I wasn't being smart about doing the sleep. You know, you know how it is sometimes. You're just like, oh, I, I can just power through it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's, but anyway, wasn't, wasn't my smartest move ever. And um, just, I, I guess, you know, Boston ended up being a pretty hard marathon mm. for me. Yeah. Um, just because as my body was shutting down, I, I would get sick. You mm-hmm. know, I'd get lose my voice. I would cough, and I mean, so that's kind of I went into to Boston with a pretty deep cough, and oh, wow. just really tired, and um, and so it was actually my slowest marathon I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it was it was Boston. It was the experience. It wasn't about sure. the race. So, um, but even still, I didn't. Um, I didn't at that point really know what was going on. I just thought I was sick. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't for a couple of months that I was finally like, okay, I'm not really bouncing back. And so I went into a doctor, and they did the full blood panel and and then once I got 
you know, treated and with some help with that, it was, it was actually a pretty long recovery. Yeah, um, it sounds like it would be. So from, from that time, Boston in 2014, I didn't do another race until, um, 2016. Mm-hmm. So it was almost two years wow. mm-hmm. that it, it took me to recover. So that was probably my biggest setback. That is um, huge. That's huge. And it was it was hard. There were, I mean, my doctor was like, well, you can run for like 20 minutes max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are you oh, kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there would be, you know, weeks and even a couple of months that I wasn't able to run at all just because walking up the stairs, I would get winded and lightheaded. So just, you know, you got to take care of your body. (laughs) You have to slow down. Yeah. So anyway, he did warn me, you know, that um, where I'd already pretty much my adrenal glands had gone into failure, where I'd already done that to them. Um, that I would be more susceptible. So I have been, um, you know, taking hormone supplements and and various um, prescriptions that he still has me taking um, continually Mm -hmm. and that he, you know, he's like, you'll probably be taking them for the rest of your life, which, you know, it's fine. My husband Mm -hmm. makes fun of my geriatric pharmacy that I take every day, but (laughs) (laughs) it's fine. How have you prevented slipping back into adrenal fatigue then since you've picked up, uh, you know, a lot more training since you're, well, you made your full and, recovery. And this is something where I feel kind of dumb. So this year I definitely did increase my volume a lot more. Um, and I didn't increase my rest. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean, it sounds so silly that I didn't, but I would still just go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. And, and it's kind of like, oh, well, duh, you know, it's just kind of a common sense that if you are increasing your energy expenditure, you need to increase your renewal too, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, in about April of this year, it, it just kind of seemed like, um, Things were just off. That was kind of the best way I could describe it. Yeah. I just, I, I felt off. Um, and in particular, my running. Because, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's just harder on your body. So mm-hmm. it requires more energy. And I just didn't have that energy to give. Um, one of the most noticeable things, I did a half marathon in June. And I... I felt great. I had, you know, taken an easier week and everything leading up to it. And on race day, I just could not get my legs to move. Yeah. Um, hmm. And and so it was, it was still a good half marathon. So I I don't want it to come across that I'm not happy with it, but it wasn't what it, I should have done. Yeah, I see. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. So how were you, I mean, so is that when you knew, like, I have to rest more? I have to change how I'm training a little? No, I, no, I still at that point was just kind of like, oh, you know, maybe I did take it too hard then this week. I thought I'd backed off. But it was a couple of weeks later, um, I was supposed to do Ironman Coeur d'Alene up in Idaho, mm-hmm. the 70.3. Yeah. 
And I just hadn't felt that great that week, you know, just kind of lived here and there. But I wasn't sure it was, it was just, you know, I was hungry, you know, and so I ate and I felt fine. Um, but then I, I started getting, my body does this thing when I get really overly tired is it just kind of shuts down mm-hmm. and I'll start to lose my voice first. And, and then I oh. just get really, really tired and fatigued and it started doing that. And my husband was just like, there's no way you are driving up to Idaho and doing this race. Mm-hmm. Um, How heartbreaking. And it was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because it sounds so silly, but it was hard. Though, if you, if you, I mean, if you can explain how many hours a day, a week, a month, uh, you know, six months a year goes into training for these Ironman races, that is hugely disappointing. It is actually. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot does go into it, and I mean, anytime you do a race, you usually kind of you know you you take you adjust your your training schedule too Mm -hmm. to allow for you know a little bit of a taper and then recovery um and so you know the week of to have to make that decision you're like oh Mm -hmm. shoot I just missed on like what could have been like a really productive week then by you know kind of preparing me for a race that I'm not even doing yeah um and anyway, it was, it was hard, especially, you know, tracking friends that did that race that day mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, just being like, oh, I should be there right now. Oh, um, yeah. but, um, it was at that point that I called my doctor again and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I need to get in. And unfortunately he's pretty booked but he couldn't get me until September um and so it was just a couple weeks ago actually that I went back in so I've kind of been um just taking it pretty easy in terms of running since then yeah um and I've even taken a couple I mean I took a couple weeks off in June a couple weeks off in August and then the um first couple weeks of September Mm -hmm. so and you've still been training hard, though, you know, in the other sports, but that's got to be a mind game there, right? You know, just going into, because you're going into another race soon, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm doing the Chicago Marathon. It's mm. actually 20 in 20 days. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's it's kind of hard because, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I want to feel prepared going yeah. into a race. And so you do these long training runs and um, you want to do sprint workouts and tempo workouts and, you know, these key workouts to, you know, put you in really good marathon shape. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. Um, I mean, I think my my longest training run was 15 miles, and I think that was in June. Mm-hmm. Um so I did run a half marathon a couple weeks ago. My doctor gave me the green light. He said, well, that's fine, but you have to keep it easy, easy effort. You mm. cannot push at all. So he said I could still do Chicago as long as I don't race it. <laughs> you just have yeah. to 
keep the effort easy. And so that's, that's been the game plan since then is just take it easy. Um, and then obviously he said he did up my, um, my dosages of the hormones that I take. Mm-hmm. It's, it's with the extra volume. I'm also requiring, you know, a little bit more from my adrenals. Um, and so he did up that, but then he's like, you know, you've got to kind of think of yourself as an older body and you've got to give it the rest that it needs. So. Oh, yeah, it's just always going to, you know, they're always going to be these setbacks, but they're still, they just sound so hard every time, especially when there's so much time and effort and money and sacrifice going into doing this. Um, and you know, so much dreaming as well. So I, I wish you the best of luck. I know that this is going to probably air after you've already run the marathon. So I'll have to give people an update on, on just oh. if you're able to <laughs> still be okay during it. But, um, I don't know. Good luck, Cameron. I'm sure that's going to be hard. Thank you. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. My biggest thing is just when you're told you can't run, that's the lowest blow. Mm-hmm. But easy running is better than no running. So yes. I will take it all day long. Yes. Well, see, I love to hear your perspective on things. I mean, you've repeatedly say like, it's not a big deal, you know, things like that, even though other people would just probably be, you know, lying down just so sad and upset. And I'm sure you've done that too, but um, it just seems like maybe these, maybe what you've gone through with your, with your son has just given you some perspective, um, on what matters and when to slow down and when to put things in high gear. Is that the case for you? You know, I think so, probably. I I guess I haven't thought of it in those terms before, but, you know, anytime something happens um, where you you stop and you have to really look at things, you realize what your priorities are and and the rest of the stuff just, I mean, it's just icing on the cake, you know? Okay. I love so. to hear that. You know, there's this this there's, there's this trap in the community of racing that um, I mean, like we were talking about. There's so there's so many pros. I mean, it's just such a fabulous community, and um, there's so you know there's so many good things about it. But there's also a trap. You know, there's a lot of intense people who are probably not that balanced all the time, and maybe it can influence people who are training and so good and talented at what they do, like you to push and push and push and push and kind of lose sight of what really matters most, which is oftentimes not the races, you know? So for you, how have you learned this lesson? How have you been able to stay centered and hold on to the, these uh, lessons you've had and these priorities that you have um, within this impassioned community? You know what it is? This, I don't think just applies to running. I think it applies to everything. Absolutely. You're so right. Comparison is evil. <laughs> yeah, it, it it can just it's just oh I I forget who said it but you know the famous quote comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you look at someone else's strengths that may be something that's your weakness, yeah, you're always going to come up short. Um, and oh, this is something that. Um, I just think 
that I try to work on a lot is because we're always our own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Um, we say things to ourselves that we would never in a million years say to another human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when you, you see, and I'm guilty of this too, when I sometimes I'll see on Instagram that, oh, people are doing this for their training and, oh man, they can run that fast and do that. Well, I want to be able to do that and everything. And, um, you know, at those times I have to stop and I just have to be like, just, just be you. Mm-hmm. This is what you can do. This is, um, and that's such a hard lesson to learn. It's so much easier said than done. But really just being able to look at, um, I guess, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, would I love to be able to, you know, run a sub-three marathon? Sure. And I'm not going to rule it out. I mean, you know, you're, you're awfully maybe close. one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. But... um if it doesn't happen, then I'm okay because hmm. it's not it's not the most important thing in the world to me. Um, and it's not saying that having those kind of goals definitely do take over your life because I don't think they do. I know a lot of people who they can balance it really well. So I think yeah. it, a lot of it is just finding what works for you. And that's why I say I just have to be me. Like, this is what I can do. This is what I can put into. This is um, this is my family schedule. I mean, because we all have different schedules, we all have different interests, different different circumstances of life. Yeah. Um, and so it's. I think just the biggest thing is don't compare. Don't don't look at at someone else and and say, well, they can do it. I should be able to do it. Or or anything, mm-hmm. especially with social media, because yeah. really, unfortunately, people put their best out there. You don't see yeah. the whole picture. You don't see the behind the scenes. Um, so it's, I think that that's just something I try to do is tell myself to not compare. Well, that's so great. You are just fabulous. I love hearing what you've learned about that because I can see myself You're getting so nice. sucked into it so easily. <laughs> it's hard to stay strong for that, but um, I guess ultimately it makes life happier holding holding on to the things that really do matter to you when once you stay, take stock of it. Mm-hmm. So what, what else are you yeah. training for then, Tamron? Like after this, hopefully you're able to... Um, make a full recovery again, um, from this kind of dip in the road? Um, where, where's there other races down the pike that you were hoping to build back up to? Yeah. You know, I, um, I want to go back and do Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess not go back, but I would like mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, since I missed it this year, I, I would probably like to do Coeur d'Alene next year. Um, I'm going to do the Phoenix Marathon in February. It's always the weekend of my birthday, so I I like to go run a marathon. I've done it the last two years, so this will be my my third year in a row running that. Um, it's a great time of year to just get out of the cold yeah. and, and go be somewhere warm. Um, so that's... That's coming for you. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, we'll be that's cheering the next for you. race that I signed up for. Thank you. <laughs> so tell people where they can find you if they are interested in following along with your daily training and everything else that you are up to. Oh, well, I do have an Instagram account, and that's pretty much it. I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or any of the other social media um, places, but it's my name, which I know is a difficult one to spell, but it's Cameron Lee. Um, that's just my first and middle name. That's T-A-M-A-R-Y-N-N-L-E-I-G-H. Um, so. And I will, I will put that in the show notes for people. You are so fun to follow. And I just, I love getting your voice now behind it. I feel like I'll be able to oh, read your you. captions and just read it in your voice. And <laughs> gosh, you're so, you're so humble too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really um, amazed by the accomplishments that you've had. And especially since you discovered these talents later in life, I, you know, not later, not like, um, you're old, but you know what I mean? Like it's 25 okay. people okay. don't you think. You can call me old. No, you're not. If you're old, then I'm old too. But you know, 25 <laughs> to pick up all of this, it's pretty amazing just where you've come from and how far you've gone. So it's, it's fun to, it's fun to learn more about how that happened for you. Oh, thank you. You're so nice. <laughs> That's true. Oh, it's fun. It, it it is fun. I I've been lucky to to find something I really love and then to be able to fit it in my life. So yeah. Well, Tamron, I I ask each guest uh, a question before I say goodbye, and it's what have you learned about yourself the past few years that you would like to share with people? Oh wow. Let's see. What have I learned about myself? Um. I think I've learned patience hmm. that, um, and just sometimes you have to trust that this is what's supposed to be, you know, cause yeah. I don't know anyone that's ever had a perfect life. Um, we all have little bumps in the road and challenges and trials we go through and, you know, they either, we learn from them and we grow and become better or, um, you know, they can just teach us so much about ourselves. Hmm. Um, but most of the time I don't feel like those lessons are immediately learned. Yeah. Um, so you kind of just have to just trust that it's all going to work out for the best and just be patient with yourself. Oh, I love it, Tamron. It's been such a joy to have you on. Thank you so much for taking oh, the time. thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Monica. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, good. Wasn't Tamron amazing? And you know what? You have to follow her on Instagram. She is someone who is so relatable but inspirational at the same time, which is really hard to find on the internet. Her Instagram again is Tamron Lee, and I will link to that in the show notes for you, which you can find at aboutprogress.com. Thank you again, Tamron. It was so fun to get to know you better. I want to again thank each and every one of you who take the time to listen to this show. You mean everything to me. You really do. And I hope that you know how grateful I am that you keep showing up each and every Wednesday. 
Next Wednesday, Tiffany Webster will be on the show. You might know her from the popular talk on Hope Works on perfectionism and how it is a lie. And she also has written a phenomenal book called Embracing the Broken. And it truly is such a good book. Tiffany and I will go into a lot of things, all perfectionism based, and I can't wait to share that one with you next Wednesday. And until then, take care of yourself.